From the world between worlds to wherever Ezra and Thrawn are, you're listening to Star Scavengers, a Lego Star Wars podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jonah Marie Macias, and I am here with my co-host, Aaron Goins. How's it going, Aaron? Pretty good, Jonah. Pretty good. You know what I was thinking after you said you said something about Ezra? We never got like the updated look for Ezra as a minifig, did we? We did not. No, it's only the like season one, season two Ezra minifig. Like the longer hair Ezra. Yeah, yeah. And and we don't even have him as that in uh, uh you know, just regular action figure form. It's oh, just yeah. it's just still season one, season two Ezra. And I'm just like, when are we going to get... Because we got so many different versions of Ezra, you know, in the scout trooper uniform. We got him as an imperial cadet. Um, not imperial cadet, uh, imperial officer. So I'm just like, where are all these figures? <laughs> yeah, because we got pretty updated looks for almost all of the characters other than Ezra. Even there's even the Kanan with the kind of the mask and all the that. Mask. Yeah, that uh, came with the the Phantom, right? With Thrawn. Right, with Thrawn. So it'd be kind of cool if you had a Thrawn minifig with like an updated Ezra minifig. So maybe a, somebody has to do a custom. I know you do. Yeah, and it has to stuff. have Purgle. It has to have Purgle Lego. Purgle, yeah, <laughs> a giant Purgle minifig. Um, oh, and spoilers, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, wait, what's. Um, yeah, we are going to be talking about some Rebel stuff on this episode. Um, even though it's not necessarily Lego related, we did want to talk some Rebels. So when we get to that part of the show, we will, we will definitely throw out a spoiler alert before we get into too much detail about the final episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Yes. But yeah, so, so that would be, I think because you, I know you've done like custom pops before. I've only done the one, actually. Oh, just the one, okay. Yeah, it was my first attempt, and it was a Dave Filoni custom pop. <laughs> Which looked amazing. I'm so glad it came out that way, because I was so worried about the paint, and I had never played around with acrylic in that way on, on a figure, and then, you know, you have to seal it so that way it doesn't scrape or anything like that. And for for a little while, I was using just my windowsill because it was too cold outside to go outside and do that kind of stuff. So I would open up the window and I'd close the door to the room so that way I don't get all these, like, fumes in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it turned out great. And I gave that as a present to Dave um, when we when my mom and I went over to Lucasfilm. So that was an exciting day. And I hope to do more. It was a really fun thing to do. I needed to buy a uh, Deadpool Funko Pop in order to get the cowboy hat. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't really do that, you know, like sculpt that out just because I didn't know how to go about finesse, you know, making it more smooth uh -huh. because obviously when you're using clay, you leave fingerprints behind. I could have used stamp paper, but I thought that would have been too much work involved so i thought i'll use this and then i basically glued it on top of dave's head <laughs> <laughs> so maybe now that you have some experience uh creating custom figures maybe you could do a custom lego minifig eventually uh, oh that would be so cool yeah because i'm sure they sell blanks and you can pretty much just start customizing from there yeah so that would be kind of cool to do a an ezra updated ezra yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I definitely, there was something on Twitter that um, I think it was Jennifer Landa, who uh, I hope I got the name right. Oh, gosh, now I can't remember. But anyway, she had this cool Lego tutorial thing where you can make like a little uh, scene of Lego within a little plastic briefcase. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I should do that with the 
Remember that episode of Freemakers where they had a lunchbox with the Freemaker symbol on it? Oh, yes. And I thought, oh, I can paint that onto, a, I could just create a stencil and then paint that on top of a plastic red case that I can find somewhere and hopefully make that work. But I haven't had a chance to do that yet. <laughs> so. That would be <laughs> so awesome. So many arts and crafts projects that I want to do. <laughs> so, Aaron, you had a cool story happen. Was it cool? I actually don't know. You, you said I should leave it for the podcast. So I'm not sure whether it's good or bad. What, what, what happened at the airport? More of a humorous thing that happened to me when I was flying back from uh, California, from L.A., when I was out there last weekend. Um, so we were out there. Some Some of us were out there for the Rebels screening, the final Rebels screening, and um, Teresa Delgado, who you know pretty well, who's a mutual friend of ours, um, had brought me a birthday gift because my birthday was in February, and it was a Lego set. It was the <laughs> um, the buildable Boba Fett figure. Nice. So it was a really cool gift, and as I was coming back through the airport, on on my way back through uh, through LAX, they actually pulled my bag aside as it was going through the screening and they went through my bag and they found my Lego set and they took the Lego set and they were looking at it and they brought it back by itself outside of my bag and ran it through the scanner again. (laughs) And I'm like looking at it like, this is a Lego set. Like have they never seen a Lego set before? Um, And then they did the whole, you know how they like wipe it down with some kind of chemical to see if there's a reaction. (laughs) So the guy's doing this, I'm watching Like I'm standing right there as they're doing all of this. And then he kind of shakes it. He holds it up to his ear and shakes it. (laughs) And then he puts it back in my bag and says, okay, sir, you're good to go. Would you like to pack it yourself or would you like us to pack it back? And I was like, no, I can pack it back. But I was like, do you mind if I ask, like, what, you know, why you were showing so much interest in this this sealed, it was still a sealed box, Lego set. Uh And he said, oh, just it, when it goes through the scanner, I guess the bag, because it doesn't see like the cardboard. So oh. to them, when it when it goes to the scanner, they just see this like empty space in your bag with all these little individual like clusters of stuff, uh. you know, all the individual baggies. <laughs> and so I guess that you know looks suspicious. <laughs> and so um, I, you would think once they opened it up and saw it was a Lego box, they would have moved on. But no, they 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 went through the whole thing and ran it through the scanner again. Which I guess it's better safe than sorry, right? Right, right. Um, but I <laughs> so that was, was a funny story. <laughs> interesting to have something like that happen. So, for anyone that's traveling with Lego, um, be aware that it does it, it does set off some flags. So. <laughs> Good to know. I'll make sure. <laughs> yeah, it's first time it's ever happened to me. I'm pretty sure I've traveled with Lego boxes before, because I've definitely bought things like while I was traveling, um, and flown back with it. So this is the first time it's ever happened to me. They were taking extra precaution. Extra precaution. And maybe because it was Boba Fett. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Can't trust the fans of Boba Fett. And you were you went somewhere else, too, recently. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I went, there's a Legoland Discovery Center near my house, about half an hour from my house, which is a fun place. And I actually have an annual pass. Um, of course I do. And of my, course. But it's, it's definitely more kid-oriented than adult-oriented. So... You actually have to have a child with you when you go. You can't just go as an adult. Yeah. Um, So my son also has an annual pass. And so. Can I borrow your son? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. If if you ever want to visit, we'll we'll take you with us. So. Um, 
But yeah, it's a really cool place, and um, it has kind of the big feature is probably that would be most um, interesting to the adult Lego fans would be they actually build out the entire city um, out of Lego. Oh, wow. And so the entire city of Philadelphia, in this case, because that's the closest city, is is built out. And I'm not talking about just like three foot high buildings. I'm talking about like 12 foot high Lego buildings. Um, and the, they actually light it up. And I had posted some, some, some pictures, I think, on Instagram. But they, they go through like day and night phases. They have like fireworks that go off. And it's just it's really cool just to see that. Uh, to see the full city built out. And I think they do it, there's just dis- Lego Discovery Centers kind of all over the country. Yeah. And so each one, depending on what city it's in, that's the city that they build out. Um, so yeah, that's it's a pretty cool place. And they do, they don't have any Star Wars specific things that are there all the time, but they do like Star Wars nights and things like yeah. that where you can go and, and there are Star Wars uh, focused things going on. But yeah, it's a pretty cool spot. So if anybody lives near a Legoland Discovery Center, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, with a child. <laughs> with a child. Uh, they do they do adult nights where, like, for people that don't have a kid that want to still go visit, they'll do, like, adult-only nights. Um, I didn't. I wasn't aware of this. Yes. I might have to look this up. Yeah, so look it up and see if you can find the next one. Uh, do you have one near you in New York? I have one in, I think, in Yonkers, near okay. Yonkers. And I think there's another one further up. But yeah, I wanted to go to one, and thankfully I looked on the website because that's where I found out that you can't go without a child, and I thought, this can't be true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I wanted to take my my cousin with me, and unfortunately that didn't pan out, so I was like, ah, dang it. So I, I have not had a chance to visit it, so maybe in the future I will do that without having to kidnap my cousin in the process. Yeah, if I ever am up in New York and and have my kids with me, we'll we'll let you tag along with us. Yes. So <laughs> that a New York one would probably be pretty cool. I feel like everything's cooler in New York, but I I bet the city that they build out there would look really cool with all the really recognizable New York buildings. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. So I'm excited to do that. Hopefully, in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> But did you have any other, did you work on any builds recently? Um, so the, the Boba Fett that I got from Teresa actually built most of it. Um, it's kind of like if, if anyone's ever built, have you built any of the buildable figures? I have not. No, okay. those, are, those I haven't tackled yet. Yeah, it's mostly like a Technic type Lego set. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of like um, sockets and joints and pins and that kind of stuff. Um, that build out the the minifig or not minifig, but the the uh, buildable figure. So I built that mostly, but I still have to finish like his jetpack and his gun. Um, but yeah, that's so that was the only Star Wars set I've built recently. But I did get a new purchase that I don't think I've had a chance to talk about on the podcast. Oh, because we what haven't, was it? We haven't had a show in a while. But so I I actually got the Blu-ray for the Yoda Chronicles. <gasps> Oh, because so we we had done an episode of Star Wars Bookworms where we were reviewing the Lego, um, the the latest Lego Ultimate Lego Dictionary or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. um, where it basically covers every Star Wars Lego set and every Star Wars minifig is in this like encyclopedia, which is an awesome book by the way. If you don't have it, you should definitely pick it up. Um, but 
in that book, as we were going through it, there it was kind of talking about all the different characters and every iteration of minifig for each character. And when we got to the Han Solo part, there was a minifig for a young Han Solo. Ah. And it's literally like a kid Han Solo, so you're like Ezra's age, um, short, mm-hmm. short legs and all. Or not Ezra's age, I'm sorry. Rowan, uh, Rowan. Rowan's age. And <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, like this – what is this from? Like, I've never seen like a little kid Han in anything. Ah. And so, but the Yoda Chronicles, apparently there's a cameo of Han Solo as a kid. And so they did this exclusive minifig that was only in the Blu-ray for the Yoda Chronicles. And so, oh, so you got it for the minifig. <laughs> I got it for the minifig. Yeah. A listener, I had talked about it on the show and said, oh, that'd be so cool to have, but it's probably hard to find. And a listener of the show uh, messaged us and said, hey, just so you know, like I found this listing on eBay. It's only $8. Oh, nice. And so I, I grabbed it. I grabbed the Blu-ray for 8 bucks. got the uh, the little Han Solo minifig. So now I'm a, I, I'm a proud owner of the uh, exclusive young Han Solo minifig. Nice. Um, I so. remember. I think I remember that because I wonder if it was the Yoda Chronicles or if it was something else. But he was like on a... I know there was like a group of Jedi Padawans that were on a trip of some kind and he happened to just tag along somehow. I don't remember yeah, it sounds what familiar. led him to that. Yeah. And then his name tag, it was somehow the I, somehow the H had flipped and it looked like an I. So they called. They kept calling him Ian throughout uh, the whole thing. <laughs> so the big reveal was that it was Han the whole time, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> we totally spoiled that for anybody that hasn't seen a uh, Yoda That's Chronicles. True. But <laughs> <laughs> which I haven't seen it. I've heard about it, and I know. I think Yoda Chronicles is where um, Zek came from, right? Zek. Oh, Jack. Or Jack. Jack. Yeah. yeah. So I think he's from that too, but I haven't had a chance to watch any of those. So now that I have the Blu-rays, I probably should pop it in and watch them. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to get some background on him. I remember I watched some of them ages ago when they were on Cartoon Network. So that's why I was like, oh my gosh, that's Jack with the clear hand and he was the clone and and whatnot. (laughs) Right. So the book that I was talking about is called Ultimate Lego Star Wars and it's a DK book. Mm -hmm. And so if anybody would be interested in that definitely pick that book up it's it literally has every every star wars set that's ever been released every star wars minifig that's ever been released pictures of them uh full like glossary in the back that you can search through and find what page number every character is on it's it's like this exhaustive everything you would ever need to know about lego star wars uh that's impressive is that so is that like a volume one and then maybe like a volume two would be anything that's like moving forward yeah i would assume that they because i know they've done lego star wars books before that kind of have some of this information but i think this is the first time they've done like a full exhaustive uh type of book Mm. so i think this is probably the first of you know maybe five years from now or three years from now they'll do like an update because there's already been a lot released even since this book was published right um but it's pretty i think it just came out within the past you know, like four or five months. So it's pretty up to date, but it doesn't have kind of some of the last Jedi sets or any of the Han Solo sets, obviously, um, in it. But yeah, awesome book, though. That's cool. Yeah, I I got some sets myself. I got the Ray speeder bike. Oh, and cool. I wanted to get that because 
in looking back at The Force Awakens, I realized that I really loved the design of Rey's speeder bike. And I wanted to get anything that had the speeder bike on it. So I think I got like a pin at some point. And then I realized that the Lego was on sale on Shop Disney, the Shop Disney app. So uh, was it Shop Disney or Disney Parks? Either one. I, I don't remember. But <laughs> but I managed to grab it on sale. And oh, yeah, that that's such a cool design and especially in lego form and i also got the set with the bounty hunters and that was fun because you get to you know remember the uh uh, the episode where they were all trying to capture rowan and his siblings so there was four lom and zuckus and (laughs) right yeah with the speeder bikes and everything yeah the speeder bike chase and whatnot so yeah it was that was a fun one i haven't taken pictures of any of them i I should really do that and i know I, i got a few other lego sets i'm still trying to collect the micro fighters but there was the micro the oh yeah the micro micro fighters am i Okay, I thought I was combining it with some other, like, Transformers or <laughs> <Micro> something. Micro-machines. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I still haven't had a chance to collect all of the Micro-Fighters, and hopefully I will get back on that soon. It's just, I want to spend money on everything and, and anything, but unfortunately I can't do that. So it's kind of a slow process. Yeah, I keep talking myself out of buying the new, uh, the big $800 Millennium Falcon. Oh, no, don't do that, Aaron. I, keep, <laughs> I get so tempted. I'm like, oh, you know what? It's $800. I mean, you can make more money. You know, like, but once that's gone, it's gone. Like, I can't buy it, you know, forever. You know, there's a, there's going to be a small window of time, and then eventually it's going to be off shelves and only purchasable through eBay and stuff. Yeah. So, but, Where would yeah. you put it? I don't know. That's part of the problem, too. I don't have anywhere to put it yet. So. Uh. First, I need to buy a bigger house, and then I need to go buy it. So that's yeah, but yeah, I keep trying to, I keep talking myself out of it. But there are new sets that have recently been announced that I think we're gonna run through those. So um, there is another Millennium Falcon option. Mhm. So is that the one related to the Han Solo movie? Yeah, yeah. I was teasing it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's dive right in. <laughs> So we have a new list of Lego sets to talk about, and the first one on our list is about the Jedi and Clone Troopers Battle Pack, and I definitely want to get this, because anything Clone Troopers related, I need to have. (laughs) Yes, this is, it's kind of cool because I like how Lego will do this, where they, they, they release new sets every year, obviously, but... And they usually try to focus on kind of what's current. So there's Last Jedi stuff or Solo stuff. But they will jump back, you know, and kind of pull out stuff from previous things. Like this looks like, and I don't know if this is from anything specific, but it's definitely Clone Wars era. Yeah. Um, so I like that they will, they'll dip back into kind of the older movies and the prequels and things like that. I do wish it was like a kind uh, like an updated model of Barris Ophi or Afi. <laughs> Uh, I, because I, this one's still like season one, season two, Barris, and I wish there was like a an older Barris from like season five where she doesn't have the hood on. So, yeah, yeah I think um, I do think that the face is probably updated because 
I know the early Clone Wars stuff, they did kind of a more animated face look. Mm-hmm. And they gotcha. got they got away from the, the kind of typical Lego eyes. Um, and so they did that for a lot of the Clone Wars sets that were based on the Clone Wars animated series. So mm-hmm. this may be the only Barris minifig that has actual the Lego look to it. Oh, okay. Which would be really cool um, just as a collector of minifigs. I prefer the the lego look as opposed to the animated look gotcha i'll allow it okay allow, okay i talked you into it nice <laughs> yeah plus you get Ki- uh coyote mundy who that's is true. would be a, another cool minifig i mean look at that headpiece i mean you can't <laughs> that's a that's that's a very unique uh lego piece there that's true <laughs> yeah. so it comes with yeah barisafi coyote mundy and then two like phase one i guess we could call yeah. it clone troopers yeah so yeah, and it's like a tiny little set, so I, I can't imagine it would cost that much. I think it's set to be only like fifteen bucks. Right. So yeah, they need to stop with these small sets because they're appealing because they're small and you can fit them somewhere and they're affordable too. And I just I can't. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely gonna get this set. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's dangerous walking through Target now. Like I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the next set is the Imperial Patrol Battle Pack. And that one's the same setup. It has a little vehicle as well as a Imperial officer who I like to think it's it's Durpin. <laughs> Durpin with sideburns. Um, Durpin with sideburns. Oh, does he have sideburns? Yeah, oh, he does. Like he's got these pretty distinct sideburns. Yes, a younger Durpin. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I'm not sure because based on the the look of the stormtroopers in the set, they look a bit different than typical. So is this from Solo? Oh, that's true. They do have a different design to their helmet. Um, I'm assuming yes because yeah, Solo. It looks like it. It looks like it's part of that. Okay. Uh, movie. So it's from Imperial Patrol from the Solo movie. So yeah, we get unique armor for the for the troopers which is pretty cool. And then you get a couple officers and I, or you get an officer and then I don't know what's the technical term for the guys with the weird black helmets. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure either. <laughs> <laughs> you get one of those guys too. But, um, I do like that the, the Imperial kind of officer guy does have a very distinct look to him. He did, He's not just standard look. He's got those sideburns and it makes he him does. look a bit unique. So he may be actually a, a character we see in the movie, Maybe, uh, but they yeah. don't name him here. And, uh, oh man, what I would get for a live action Durpin and Plume Striker. <laughs> I know, like a cameo. Oh man, that would be great. <laughs> There's so many characters I mean, from Freemaker Adventures that it's like, oh, if they could just pop up somewhere. Right? So especially cool. especially since you have like things like Tag and Bink, I think that's what they're called. And, yeah. you know, they, they're comic related. So they show up and in, in, they're apparently going to show up in the movie as a very like, a subtle cameo so i'm just like you can do that with lego too <laughs> yeah and i think it will even like uh jackson that rabbit character you know what i'm talking oh, about oh yeah that's right yeah from like the marvel comics and mm-hmm. you know he was obviously not canon and then now apparently he's i think he got brought into one of the star wars adventures comic stories which are canon so now oh, yeah. so now even a obscure character like jackson is, can get uh, canonized so i think yeah i think that we need to get somebody from freemaker adventures to hop into if not a movie animated series comic novel whatever but like get them into canon 
I totally agree. Okay. Lieutenant Valeria seems like a good option. Yes, that so would be let's great. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Any of the Freemaker family, Roger would be an easy one. Yeah, there's a oh, lot. Of course, yeah. There's a lot. So. <laughs> um, and then there's also Yoda's hut. I don't know. I'm not excited about Yoda's hut. I, I, it's just one of those things I, I'm. The old trilogy, I love them, but I, I just don't collect anything from there. Yeah, there's a bit of a nostalgia factor for this one. Because this is actually almost like a remake of an old Lego set. Oh, okay. That they released kind of at the early point when, when Lego first got the Star Wars license. They they did a set that was Yoda's hut and it came with Yoda and I think R2 and Luke just like this set does. Um, but it was a lot more kind of basic looking and Yoda, mm-hmm. the Yoda minifig wasn't great. Uh, the Luke minifig wasn't great. So now it's like kind of a newer updated set with newer updated minifig so as kind of a a fan of the older stuff and seeing the re the re you know vamp of this i kind of i do have a nostalgic factor that makes me kind of want this set and it has a snake too <laughs> a little, yeah a little snake a carrot is oh yeah uh, comes along with it <laughs> that's interesting a space carrot a space carrot it looks like they even have like a a setup where you can have yoda kind of riding luke's shoulders kind of like he does in the in the movie oh that's awesome do you see that little (laughs) off to the side there i don't know i think that's what that's for maybe (laughs) and some setup where like there's a vine that luke can swing on like you see in the movie there's a clear blocks to make things look like they're levitating so i don't know i kind of it's kind of cool i like this one i think and it's probably is this is more affordable too it's only 30 gotcha Um, so i could see myself grabbing this set I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you get you can have your trooper battle pack. I'll take Yoda's hut. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> and there's also the Han Solo land speeder. So this is from the movie as well. Yes, and this from is the that movie. what we see in the trailer. We get to see him actually, you know, driving this with with Kira. Um, so it looks like it's kind of straight from that scene. Yeah, I love the look of this vehicle too. It's sort of like raised bike. It's very unique, and I love the color of it. It's, it's dark blue. I gotta have it. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like Tardis blue. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a very unique looking shape for a, a speeder because we've seen plenty of speeders in Star Wars, but they kind of get this like f- very flat, almost unfinished look, like they didn't finish building it or something. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting, but yeah, it's in it, it looks pretty cool. And this is the first, you know, chance to grab minifigs for Kira, you know, younger Han Solo, not not little kid Han Solo like I have, but you know, the younger Han Solo with kind of that reversed look where he's got the gray shirt and the white vest. Um so yeah, it's a uh, just to get the the unique minifigs I think would be I need the well. Corellian hound from this set. <laughs> need it it's a weird looking animal though it's like missing it is a head. weird but i want it <laughs> i wonder how they're gonna play in are they gonna be like porgs you know where they're like all over the place or do we just see one kind of walk by in the background it looks kind of mean though like it it'll does. attack you yeah. so <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if they'll play that card <laughs> and there's also the eye fighter set that is also from the solo movie I love how they have the picture of the brick separator thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just in case you do get one of these in this set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Imperial TIE Fighter. And this one comes with a unique 
um, trooper as well. So this is called a Mimban trooper. Oh, so you yeah. see the one that's kind of almost got like a phasma look to it where it's it's like a chrome looking yeah, trooper it is. with the black cape. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of cool because we don't really know much about, you know, their role in the movie either. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it comes with Beckett, um, which I believe is is the character that's played by, um, oh man, I'm blanking. Woody, Hall- uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. Yeah. Which yeah, I, I'm uh, looking at that and I'm like, is he undercover? Because I guess he's the guy with the, the, the goggles. Yeah, I think that's him. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because the other three look very imperial. Right. So, yeah, that's and that's kind of like the thing with these Lego sets is sometimes Lego sets tend to drop spoilers on you a little bit. Yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, there's going to be a time in the movie where he goes undercover or, you know, so that... It's pretty uh, pretty interesting to see the setup here. Yeah, yeah. Tobias Beckett, I think, Tobias right? Tobias Beckett, yes. I remember because I thought it sounded a. It reminded me a lot of Okadaya from the a New Dawn novel, and I thought that was a really cool way of taking an Earth name and making it very Star Warsy by changing one letter, because <laughs> Obadiah Okadiah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a. I forgot about that character from. Yeah. You're pulling out novel knowledge on us now. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> uh yeah, he was one of my favorites and I was so sad when, you know, things happened in that novel. It's just like, no, Okadaya. Spoilers happen. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's been out for a few years. If you haven't read it, come on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're good on spoilers for that for a new dawn. <laughs> and last but not least is the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon set. And this one, yeah, it definitely looks the Millennium Falcon looks new, healthy. Han, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's been a lot of versions of the Millennium Falcon um, that have been released as Lego sets. So this is, it looks very similar to kind of the Force Awakens Millennium Falcon and mm-hmm. then the previous one to that where it has these, um, you know, these parts that go along the top that you kind of fold back and so you can see inside the Falcon. Yes. Um, it looks kind of like that same type of build. Comes with comes with good minifigs. I mean, you get a young you get young Han Solo, but he looks different than the young Han Solo that comes with the speeder. So you have to get both sets if you want both versions, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like it comes with Kira as well, who looks different. Yeah, um, I, I'm assuming she gets a lot of wardrobe, wardrobe changes throughout yeah. the movie. <laughs> Lando with the cool yellow shirt and a cape. So that would be cool to get that minifig. Um, and then Chewbacca. And My the... favorite is the Pike, that Pike uh, minifig. Yes. Do, Do we you know remember the, the Pikes from Clone Wars? Yes. Oh, yes. I don't remember. I don't. I don't know whether he has a name. Yeah, I don't know. I think there was some box art that was released where it does name the characters, but I, I don't know it off the top of my head. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that would be. I mean, that's got to be the first Pike we've ever seen as a minifig. Yeah, and in live action too, so I'm excited. Do we know that they're pikes, or are we just assuming based on the similarity of how they look? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I I think I've only seen it in terms of sem- just the look of it. Okay. Um, maybe some rumors that include the word pike in it, but then, yeah, they're not confirmed. I'm hoping it is, because it's really those are really cool-looking uh, characters, from especially since I think they were more prominent in the Clone Wars series. And I love the way that they sound. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that that would be definitely cool um, to get that confirmation and have that species show up on a in a live action film. Um, and this set also comes with a couple droids. So this has what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven minifigs and very unique looking Falcon, obviously with a different paint job and all the blue um, stuff. So and then you have the front of the Falcon that looks different. Um, yeah, that's right. Which I I think this set is kind of what has revealed how that works like the functionality of, of that have you seen this set broken apart i haven't no so i is it like an, is it like a phantom where it comes off of the ship uh, like the ghost so i'll just say spoiler alert here just in case people think this is a spoiler gotcha <laughs> but, you know because i'm sure it'll happen in the movie um because everyone's kind of wondering well why does the falcon look different and how does it you know get updated or whatever so the lego set as it was displayed i believe at a one of the toy conventions mm -hmm. um, they had shown pictures of it uh, broken apart and the front of this actually comes off almost like an escape pod okay um, and there's actually pictures of it with like the the front taken off and there's like an opening to that and then they show like a character inside it um, so it's almost like a little shuttle or escape pod type thing and once you take that part off and this set is designed that you can take it off it looks just like the falcon Oh, very cool. With the prongs in the front and stuff. So, yeah, that's I, that was kind of a reveal that I saw that I was like, oh, wow, that's a bit spoilery because that's probably going to happen in the movie. You know, I remember, though, someone had on Twitter, someone had shared a very old Hasbro toy of the Millennium Falcon. And the Millennium Falcon actually had that piece at the front. Really? And yeah, and I thought, oh man, that's probably what they're going to do with the solo movie. And I retweeted it, and I thought that was a very interesting design. And it turns out that that's what they ended up going with. You know, that this whole concept of it having an attachment on the front. So uh, yeah, like I get that some, for some people it's a spoiler because obviously this thing came out like forty years ago. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but it has been around for a while. The, the idea and the concept. Yeah. <laughs> Just how it's going to be this you know if it gets destroyed or if it gets you know abandoned somewhere that that we don't know that and that i would consider a spoiler yeah and at some point they lose it and they don't ever replace it i guess so the, yeah they the, don't the replace looks how it looks now so oh that's so terrible just the difference that you can see how much alterations han has added it's just like no what were you doing <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not good at ship upkeep apparently oh no. um, <laughs> This set is a little more expensive. This one's at one seventy, um, so definitely I think that's worth it, though. Yeah, definitely a cheaper option than getting the eight hundred dollar Millennium Falcon. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, you get a lot of cool minifigs and unique version of the Falcon. So I I like it. Yeah, yeah, I I I would like to get it just just for that main that little Pike minifig, but the design itself is really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for Lego sets. Yeah, I think there were a couple others. I know there was like a Darth Maul buildable fig um, and, a, and probably a couple other things, but those were the notable ones uh, that I wanted to run down. Gotcha. And now we get to talk about Freemakers. Yes, they they haven't Max. taken it away from us yet. We, I know. There's still, still things to talk about. You know, <laughs> DVD release is, is worthy of us doing another episode of Star Scavengers. Right. <laughs> and yeah, it recently came out to the second season on DVD. There's no Blu-ray, unfortunately. It's one of those things, I guess, that they had to save up on costs. 
and so I did. I got mine, and uh, you got yours from a really nice friend. Her name is Lillian, and I just wanted to send her thanks again for sending us this. And I definitely plan to take a, a, a purchase another one and do that one as a giveaway. So we'll definitely be releasing more details about the giveaway on Twitter. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, please do. Our our <laughs> username is Star Scavengers. So stay tuned for more details regarding that. And then you can get your own season two DVD. And I haven't opened mine yet. Uh, <laughs> nice. So you you were patient. I, I opened mine, um, checked out kind of what came with it, and then popped in the disc to see, um, you know, kind of how that looked. But I'm curious to see hear your reaction since you haven't opened it at all. So you don't even know what the the little exclusive looks like. I know, so I'm I'm excited to open it up. So here's hoping I can get the wrapper open because that's always the hardest part. Just yeah. use your teeth. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. using my teeth right now. There you now. go. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. As you're doing that, I will comment just a little bit on the cover yeah. of the the DVD. I thought it was interesting that the I like how it's kind of got that raised feel, so you can kind of see the characters um you know pop out what is is there what's the official term for that is it embossed or is that <laughs> but a lot of dvds use this but i i thought it was kind of cool but uh rowan's lightsaber looks very white it does yeah kind of like Add- ahsoka's lightsabers it does yeah i added when i because i like to add little characters to the top of my website and when i added rowan from this image i had to add a little bit more blue to his lightsaber <laughs> yeah it's um, it's the only thing that kind of stands out where I'm like, oh, that doesn't look quite right. But I, I guess we're used to seeing it animated where there's kind of this blue glow. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you see it kind of just still like this. Because even if you look at the image on the back of him fighting uh, MOC, like their lightsabers do look white. Oh, like yeah. They just have that kind of glow, just enough glow to give them color. Um, but I, I don't think I ever realized how white their lightsabers looked until now. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very, it looks a lot like Tara Sanube from the Clone Wars. His lightsaber was very, very light blue to the point where it looked like it was white. Mm-hmm. And and I remember when Ahsoka's white lightsabers came out, I thought, well, Tara Sanube had a white lightsaber, but it turned out that it was just a very light blue. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that might be the case for Rowan then. <laughs> or maybe it's an indication that Rowan will take the same path as Ahsoka. Oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, I think you stumbled upon like, something here. <laughs> I mean, if she's out trying to find Ezra, then she might as well be trying to find Rowan, That's too, right? right. So <laughs> I opened it, and the pin is so cool. I love it. Isn't it? Like, like yeah, it's a good pin. Pins. I'm, co- I'm a huge collector of pins, so I need all the pins when it comes to Star Wars, and I really like the look of this one. I'm glad. I wish it was a character from Freemaker, but then um, I guess you know to to drive the the sales, they wanted someone who's very notable, and that's Vader. Who else? <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, it'd been kind of cool if it was an actual like original character from Freemaker Adventures. Yeah, because you know, Vader's in it plenty, but um, I agree that the reasoning behind it is probably you know more people. Are familiar with Vader as a character than they would be uh, one of the cast, yeah, one of the, one of the family members. But I could have gone for like a, a, a Rowan pin or 
or a Roger pin. Same. Cool. Yeah. Or just like a family pin, like of that center image on the on the front cover. Yeah. Like that could have been a cool pin. <laughs> or a Star Scavenger pin. Or that, yeah, with the wrench. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like their symbol. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been cool. There's, there's all these merchandise ideas that we need to <laughs> – the problem is trademark. Like I, I would love to make some of these T-shirts, but it's like, oh, I can't make the shirts because they're trademark. All those, you know, symbols are trademarked. That's true. Um, so I need Blah. them to make them so I can buy them. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this is an upgrade from the season one um, giveaway or the season one exclusive that came with like those little magnets. Yes, that's right. Those, I still have those. <laughs> yeah, those were not as cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I was a little worried about this one because when I saw it, it was like, oh, it comes with a pin. I was almost imagining just like a really cheap button. Oh, um, I gotcha. And and I was hoping for an exclusive minifig, but unfortunately they didn't go that direction. But I will say when I popped this open and saw the pin, I was like, oh, this is actually a very high quality uh, pin that looks very um, – it looks like they actually put the time into trying to put out a really quality exclusive with this one. So I was yeah. impressed. Yeah, and I'm sad that we're not going to get a season three. <sighs> yeah, um, yeah, me too. <laughs> but, but you know, I hope that Bob and Bill and everyone who's worked on it feel very proud of what they've done because we're such huge fans of it, and I'm always constantly waving my Freemaker flag. <laughs> um, and I hope that they're working on your new projects, so I look forward to seeing whatever those are in the future, whether it's, whether it's Star Wars related or not. Yeah, definitely. And it at least the show ended very well. You know, they gave yes. us a nice ending. It wasn't like it kind of left us hanging. Um, they led the characters right into Return of the Jedi. And I think there is potential because they left the characters in a place that there's more story that could be told. Mm-hmm. That there's no reason why, you know, maybe sometime down the road they could revisit the show or yeah. use, use these characters elsewhere. So I have hopes that we'll see some adventures for these characters again. Um, for sure. As far as the DVD goes, though, I am super disappointed that they didn't release a Blu-ray. I know it would have been nice, but then I guess they didn't have the bonus features to, you know, to justify having. Because normally, uh, at least from my experience, the DVD is just, you know, very basic, and the Blu-ray comes jam-packed with all these other bonus features and whatnot. So I guess they really couldn't, um, you know, justify having the Blu-ray. Yeah, it's it's just we're we're kind of at a time now where like DVD players are almost obsolete. That's true. So like I even had to because I don't own a DVD player, but luckily my Xbox plays DVDs. Ah. Um, so I was able to use that to pop it in and check it out. I wanted to see kind of what the menus looked like, and it, it was all pretty basic. Um, uh, like the menu that pops up where you choose the episode or before you choose the episodes, but the main menu. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just shows cutscenes from the show, kind of on a loop, kind of like you would expect a DVD menu to go. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But I was a little like I was kind of hoping that maybe there'd be like a slip of paper inside it that was like, "Here's your code to download digitally" or something like that, you know, to at least get the episodes digitally. Oh um, yeah. But there wasn't anything like that. Um, but they did have a Disney Movie Rewards code. So if you have Disney Movie Rewards, like if you have an account. You can mm-hmm. put in the code from the DVD and at least get um, points through Disney Movie Rewards. So that was that was cool. I wasn't expecting to see that. So 
Yeah, that's nice, at least. And I, I haven't used that in a while. I should definitely update my points list. And it and... has all of season two, and it has the shorts, too. Yeah, the shorts. So for people that are interested in possibly buying this, um, you, you get everything. Yeah, and I, I mean, I... I mean, I don't like the idea that it, it, it's mismatched. Like, I have the Blu-ray for the first season, but then I have the DVD for the second. But it's nice to have it physically, you know, just to say, I got it. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> Plus, you get the, the course, pin. Yeah, and you got the pin. And, of course, you don't have to have it in order to say that you're a fan. I'm just saying it's, it's just nice to have it physically. Because <laughs> sometimes digitally, I just I, like, I feel like, my digital library is all over the place. I'm not really good when it comes to digital things. I like having physical things um, on my shelf. So that's just me personally. <laughs> yeah, I've bought a lot of the episodes digitally anyways. Um, mm. And so, and that's usually how I prefer to buy my media. So I I will purchase them all digitally. They will, they will, I will double dip on this for them, <laughs> for, for Star <laughs> Wars uh, and get both. Yeah, so it's a very simple release, and I wish the Star Wars again. I wish the Star Wars account, Twitter account, or even Facebook account had said, "Hey, just a reminder, we're going to be uh, there's the uh, the Freemaker Adventure season two is out on DVD," um, but we didn't get that. And I almost felt I always I almost wanted to like tweet at them, but then I just I didn't want to like come across as like demanding <laughs> that that fan. Why like haven't that you tweeted fan? about my favorite show? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was also the same day as the digital release for The Last Jedi. So I yeah. was just like, ah, oh, just one tweet would have at least, you know, reminded some fans because I, I know some of them forgot. So, gosh. Well, so we're, much we're promoting content. it on our podcast. So, I mean, that's <laughs> almost as good as a Star Wars tweet. It's, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> our millions of listeners will support this DVD release. <laughs> oh man so yeah speaking of so much star wars content the star wars rebels season finale series finale i should say was a few was last week and i'm so sad still that it's done there's no more yeah like fingers it's all it's all done it's all done more (laughs) more to come i'm sure but yeah we had said on our last episode which was a while ago we we did our what was it our last jedi review i think was the last time we we talked on star scavengers right yeah so back in december um but yeah so it's been a while since we recorded but we did say on that last episode that when rebels ended we had to talk about rebels yes. so we are gonna keep to that promise because uh, <laughs> as much i like i actually got to see the last i guess five episodes if you call it that in the same room as you that's right <laughs> um which was cool we got to go to these screenings and see it uh, but we didn't get a lot of time to talk about it. You know, there yeah. were so many people there and, you know, you know, it's just hard to kind of get time to sit down and just me and you talk about Rebels. So now we have that. We're I have you. <laughs> I know it's both of us love the show. It's, you know, I know right now it's kind of my favorite thing about Star Wars. And I really love the way that everything ended with Rebels. And we'll just throw it out now if you haven't seen Rebels, the fun, if you haven't seen the last five episodes we are going to talk about them. Yes. Um, full, full spoilers. So, um, yeah, I don't even know where to start. I don't know either. I guess let's start with the big, big thing, which was Kanan's death. Yes. How did you like about? How, I mean, he is your favorite character, right? Yes, he is my favorite. He is my favorite Star Wars character right now. 
So how do you feel about him kicking the bucket? <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, I I thought it was done well. It surprised me that they did it as early as they did, mm-hmm. and kind of like you kind of saw it coming though. They they telegraphed it a little bit when they were kind of having him say his goodbyes to not that he was saying goodbye, but he it was like every conversation he was having with the different characters felt like a goodbye. Yeah, like the final. Yeah, he's like, "May the force be with you." Yeah. Um, and so then you have, but once like you have that battle between him and Rook, Rook, um, on that on the building, and like his lightsaber falls over the edge. That yeah. That was kind of the tell for me. I was like, "Oh crap, he's gonna die!" Like now, and I thought (laughs) because it was this was the like they came back from the big break, and we knew there was still like five episodes left. Yeah. And so you're thinking, okay, like they're not going to kill Kanan right now. Like they'll wait till the end. <laughs> but then right away you're like, oh no, they're going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things that you learned in the Clone Wars is the lightsaber is your life. And, you know, once that went over the, the edge there, I thought, oh man, there's this is where they're going to go with it. And it was rough. I, I mean, yeah, it was predictable, but the way it happened and, the reasons why it happened just make me more emotional. Yeah. But it was so well done. Like everything leading up to that, you know, I love the scene where he's, he's doing the whole cutting his hair and almost preparing for battle type of thing. Yeah. And the transformation, like they were trying to, I know Dave Filoni was kind of describing like how it was kind of this transformative moment for that character. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to show that through him kind of cutting his hair and a different look for the character. And I, I like how Filoni does that. Like, he, it seems like that's a common theme, even back when he was doing Airbender and then on to, you know, Clone Wars, where we got to see Ahsoka kind of transform throughout the seasons. And with Rebels, we got to see Sabine and, and Ezra especially kind of make transformations visually. Yeah. So I like that they did that with Kanan as well. And everything between him and Hera leading up to, you know, his sacrifice was so perfect. Like as somebody that's a fan of those two as a, as a couple. Yeah. Like I really always liked the idea of them together and they, it was always this kind of like they were hinting at, there was more there, but they never kind of went all in on it. Right. So I liked that we got to finally see that where they were like flirtatious and he kind of, he had or she finally expresses like her true feelings for him and you get all of that um which i was a big fan of (laughs) yeah it's one of those things where you knew that there was something there that obviously there was this relationship but there was just no uh confession and you know once you say i love you that means that this is something real Mm -hmm. but before that it's just you know it's just you know um having that connection but it's not really solidified until you say that. And it, and that's when when she said that, I was just like, oh, God, please don't die. <laughs> don't die. And uh, oh, man. And, and it just, you know, having watched everything and, and finding out what happens to the very end at the very end with her and the fact that she had actually been pregnant at the time. And, uh, you know, you think about her, him holding her back and it makes you wonder whether he actually had a, a feeling or th- whether he sensed it. Obviously, he's doing it to save her life, but there could be other intentions there as well. So it, I always like to think about like 
looking back, like, did he know or did he sense it in some way? Did he see it in that vision? Because he had a uh, he had a vision at the very beginning of that episode. So how far did that vision go? Yeah, that's a good point. I never even thought about the fact that he sh- he probably was aware, um, you know, being a Jedi and all. You would think, and it, he, it almost seems like his Force ability um, was heightened when he became blind. Yes. Because um, he was able to pretty much function almost as well, if not better, when he was blind than he ever was when he had sight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would think someone as attuned to sensing things in the Force would be able to sense um, that she was pregnant. So, yeah. yeah, I do. I That's crazy. I hadn't even thought about that until just now that he probably did know before he died. Um, and, yeah, just the power of that scene where they're kind of on top of the they're on top of the fuel tank or whatever and it gets blown up and every the the way that they visualized everything in his death and the explosion and him containing it but at the same time he's holding her back and just like like call it camera angles even though there's not really cameras but like just the way that the, <laughs> everything was filmed was just so well done it's one of the best if not the best visualization of a character's death slash sacrifice than I've ever seen in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I I will agree with you on that because a lot of characters, uh, they just end up, you know, it's it's very quick. Qui-Gon, it was instant. Uh, The Grand Inquisitor, he just threw himself. You know, like this was very, is a character, the main character, one of the main characters, so they wanted it to be done well and you can definitely tell they put a lot of effort into it. With all that fire, the the force bubble that they he had around him, um, even and even when you look in the background, you have Ezra telling Sabine to go, 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 and and Sabine is wiping her eyes because she you know she knows what just happened. Mm-hmm. Like there was just so much going on in those very silent moments, and, and his, I'm just like, oh my god, they're, and his they're vision. Evil. Like his vision returning like right before oh yeah when and he's that's looking another, right at her like that's brilliant to me because kanan really started to see again when he met bendu in season three so this goes all the way back to the beginning of season three and when he was able to finally get away from the grief and the the fact that he uh, is blind and just accept it that's when he started to see past what uh, was blocking him. And then, you know, you get to where he is now and he's he's finally letting go of everything. And he's the, the physical limitations aren't there anymore. And and because of that, he, he gets his vision fully restored in those final moments. And it's just, it's brilliant the way that pan, that played out because this all started back in season three. Yeah, it's... I mean, I know, like, we're gushing about it. We're huge fans of the show, so we're gu- <laughs> we're, gu- we're gonna gush about it. Uh, so stop rolling your eyes, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, really, I'm not. This is that the, the whole Kanan thing that happened there in this episode to me is one of the top Star Wars moments for me. You know, there's certain moments in Star Wars across all the films, animated series, everything that really stand out to me. And like I'll say, I'll I'll just name a couple so you kind of know what I mean. Like like Luke, Luke slash Emperor slash Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. That scene, like all of that, and Luke kind of saying I'm a Jedi like my father before me, like that is top you know top three scene of all Star Wars. Mm-hmm. 
Um, another one would be Ahsoka and Vader fighting in in Rebels, where his where his mask breaks and you actually see Anakin's face behind the mask yeah. and you hear uh, Matt Lanter's voice. Brilliant stuff. Right, like that's top top moment. And so this goes in that same category for me um, in Star Wars that it's just a top moment that yeah. I will like, you know, throw everything else out from the series and just. And not that I would want to throw everything else out, but like <laughs> this to me is kind of like that pinnacle moment um, that really stands out for the series. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you get the impression that Kanan's will continues to exist in the form of the Lothwolves in the following episode mm-hmm. called Doom. So you have everyone grieving. And I love how you see the different types of grieving that are happening. Because, you know, Sabine's going to do her thing. Ezra is going to be a little bit more uh, shutting himself out. And Hera is just going to be somewhere else. And it's just very fascinating to see the different types of, of people grieving. Yeah. And we've always seen Hera as such a strong character. Yeah. And she can always, you know, she always holds it together. She's kind of almost the glue that holds this team slash family together. Yeah, and so to see her broken to this point is very—it's—it's it's sad. It's like it's really impactful to see a character like her who is so strong, and there's finally something that was able to kind of—I wouldn't say break her because she wasn't broken, but no. like she definitely Shaken. succumbed to the the tragedy of it for yeah. for a small amount of time. Yeah, because for a lot of for a lot of rebels of the series, you know, things would happen, but they would they would always come through mm-hmm. together. So this is the first time that something of this magnitude has happened and her faith is shaken. She she doesn't want to put, you know, Ezra and Sabine in in harm's way because there's the likelihood of them not being able to come back and and that's finally settled inside of her and it and it you know stops you from making those kind of decisions and we know Hera to be someone who is very assertive and very confident in her decision making and and she's not at this at this point in time. Yeah, but Chopper was there to console her. Oh, Chopper. <laughs> oh, my God. Chopper. What a beautiful soul. <laughs> <laughs> can a droid have a soul? I guess in Star Wars they can. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, gosh, I remember what else from that episode? Seeing that big doom, that the uh, the big wolf character that represents Kanan's will in some way. And... Which, yeah, that stuff was crazy. <laughs> so, how did you interpret that um, that that being? Because it it was kind of like part of a vision. Um, so, like, did you feel like that was a physical creature that 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 um, Kanan was kind of speaking through, or was that just part of Ezra's vision? I think it was part of Ezra's vision. I don't think it's an actual wolf that exists because mm-hmm. in that case we would have seen him show up at the very end when when Ezra finally says goodbye and I feel like that we would have seen Doom in that situation had it been real but I think Doom is just more of something that showed up in his vision yeah that's I agree I, that's kind of how I interpreted it as well because we never see that same wolf again exactly and so and he was very much you know having a vision because he woke up from it so it wasn't it wasn't like that wolf was there and you can like i like how they did the marking for that wolf like on its forehead yes where it was kind of the same as as kanan's shoulder marking 
Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a nice touch. I went back to the trailer because I was like, that wasn't in the trailer. And I went back and it was was zoomed in. So it was cropped. Uh, And I thought, oh, those sneaky. I can't believe they did that. Yeah, I mean, that would have been such a tell. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad they didn't (laughs) slip up on that one. Because you know how rabid... We are. We we'd go like frame Analyze by frame and be like, "Look, it's it's Kanan's symbol," you know, like. So true. So true. And. I, I think uh-huh. at that point people were still like speculating that one of the wolves might have been Ahsoka. Oh know, yeah, so. <laughs> which is why Dave had to release that drawing on Twitter saying that this is not Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> which it I'm glad. Time, yeah, it was the first time that he actually really debunked a theory because you know fans get really disappointed once they get invested in a theory and you have to separate your speculation from the actual story yeah definitely yeah that's people get so attached to their own kind of personal and i know i'm guilty of that like i really wanted (laughs) thrawn to die oh really so like at the end where like they kind of left it ambiguous if he was dead or not and i was like yeah he's dead <laughs> he's got i mean there's no way you survive that and then like dave later on was like no he's him and ezra are both alive i'm like dang it <laughs> come on you know because that was my thing like i just didn't want him to survive this series <laughs> that's so funny um yeah it's, it's the force that they you know the, the the aspects of the force that they touched throughout these episodes are just they were mind-blowing to me and i really love that they are not afraid to push the envelope when it comes to that and 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 that you can see that in the the following episodes with the world between worlds and the whole mortis uh the the, the gods being incorporated into it so what was what, what are your thoughts on the mortis the mortis arc because i know some people like it some people don't um, I was I was kind of indifferent. I, I remember at the time when the episodes came out, I thought they were a little weird because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is kind of a weird thing to introduce into Star Wars. But because Lucas was so so involved still, yes. I think that kind of like gave it a little bit more credibility where it's not just some other creator that's like, hey, let me introduce this really weird idea <laughs> like Ryan Johnson would do maybe. But um, <laughs> there's my little dig is there. That, is that um, shade? <laughs> yeah, a little shade. Um, <laughs> but no, because I think Lucas was still very involved. It's like, oh, well, maybe that was something that he kind of always had in his head and intended. Um, so I, I liked, um, I liked a lot about the Mortis episodes, but I wasn't like all in, like, oh, those were the best things I ever saw either. You know, it was kind of just like, oh, okay, that's a weird thing they just did, but. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of those episodes just because of the fact that, you know, they represent something that, um, they, it, you know, whatever they do has an effect on the rest of the galaxy, and the the idea that these characters, when they died, that meant the escalation of the empire and the, you know, the Sith and the war. Uh, I thought that was fascinating, and the fact that. You know, you have these beings that were supposed to be, quote unquote, tamed by Anakin and Anakin chose to be selfish. And I, was, I just thought, oh, these are brilliant episodes. <laughs> and, and I'm glad that when they brought them into Rebels that they didn't, you know, they didn't burden the audience with all this information. They, they were just representations of something that existed long ago. Yeah. 
it was definitely a nice way to bring them in because it wasn't like they actually brought those those characters in or have them as an entity that they're interacting with. Right. It was more just a representation of of them uh, um, in their connection to the Force. And, like, I guess the ancient Jedi were very aware of these beings, so they painted pictures of them. Or maybe this, this like, um, this artwork that ended up on this wall, I mean, it obviously could move around, so maybe it appeared on its own. Like, it's it's it would be interesting to hear kind of how it got there yeah the origin the the origin of it because i when he said that it was at the bottom of the the temple at the very base i thought oh that's interesting because from what we know in terms of you know what we saw in clone wars uh the built the jedi and the sith temples they build upon each other so they're at the very inner core of of a temple they're they're just ancient based on um you know some of the things that they touched on oh what what arc was it that I'm trying to think of? Ah, Clone Wars is so long ago that I don't remember. But yeah, they, they the the inner core of the temple would be really old, and and I like the idea of that of the the gods being part of that. And who knows whether it was even Je- Jedi were around at the t- at the time? It, it may, I I thought it was more of like the uh, the people who worshipped them at the time might have done right. Like I like the idea of it being pre Jedi. Yeah. Pre-Sith, pre-Jedi, like just people who had a connection to the Force, but before the religions of the Jedi or Sith were even established. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is interesting. But plus, because if you think back to the Clone Wars, when Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka came across these beings, they weren't aware of them. It wasn't like Anakin was like, oh, yeah, that's those beings that I learned about in my history books, you know. Right. Did, you know, so, so it was something that it seems like time had forgotten about these beings. Um, and the Jedi had forgotten about them, but at some point they were important enough to be painted on the side of a of a temple wall. So yeah. it's yeah, it's it's really cool. The connection's very cool, um, and I like that Dave Filoni was the person that was kind of running the Clone Wars and Rebels, so he was able to do these type of connections. Because I don't know if we would have gotten that um, if it was two separate creators. That's true. Yeah, and I wonder what George would feel. I w- I wonder if they showed him the those episodes because you know the idea came from him ultimately so i'm curious to know what his thoughts were on sort of the continuation of it and how it was used in rebels um if i ever get to ask him i'll ask (laughs) yeah the whole even the whole world between worlds or the way that they're using ahsoka now like it'd be interesting it would be pretty interesting to hear and i think filoni even kind of said like yeah some of this stuff like george intended but some of the stuff he'd probably not like you know like yeah. <laughs> um he kind of went his own direction with it so yeah 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 lucas like might that. be like oh that's never what i intended because i think lucas at one point kind of wanted to kill ahsoka and, and um yes and dave talked him out of it yeah so. <laughs> uh and with good reason <laughs> yeah she's the, she's another one of those characters that just keeps popping up she's like yeah. the new darth Maul. I- <laughs> that new Darth Maul. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's a good one. Um, again, I love the fact that you know you have this world between worlds, and it's more of like a, a window to the past more than you know. You're, I don't think it's something that you're actually supposed to interact with. Um, but Ezra uh, obviously did and saved Ahsoka in the process, and uh, Morai, the little owl, was the thing that had encouraged him to do so. So. Uh, I, I think that's fascinating because, you know, you go back to season two and you watch those episodes again when when that door closes and Ezra has no choice but to go back into Phantom. You know that on the other side, future Ezra is actually pulling Ahsoka out. 
yeah. and it just it blows my mind to think of it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And it, somebody made a really good point because I was thinking about this right after watching the episode and thinking, well, that has to really kind of mess with Vader's mind because he was, you know, facing off against Ahsoka and then suddenly she just disappeared. Yes. You know, from his perspective, because he doesn't know that there was this doorway, you know, that that somebody kind of reached in and pulled her out. And from his perspective, he probably just thinks she disappeared, <laughs> um, which would be pretty frustrating. And for him, like thinking, oh, she's, you know, something happened with her in the force or she's still out there. So like he he never had that closure. Right. With her. And um, and somebody else pointed out recently online that like kind of the same thing happened with Obi-Wan when he killed yeah. Obi-Wan. <laughs> You know, he's he, like, he, what's going on? Yeah, he swipes and then like Obi Wan disappears. You know, like Invader has to know that he didn't actually like kill Obi Wan. Um, so yeah, like it's like every time he has a chance to take out one of these people, they just disappear. <laughs> like, so, can I? Can I just like kill someone? Yeah. So it's got to be kind of messing with his head. So true, and I, it was funny because now that I'm thinking about that scene, I think he like looks back and forth, like where did he go? And he touches the the yeah, the, he like kind of puts his foot his on the robe, like is he in there still, or like did he shrink? Or like... oh my god, that's hilarious! I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, I love that. You know, it, there was a purpose for Ahsoka to come back, and it was because Ezra once he made that connection. He was at risk of actually doing it again with with Kanan. And he still at that point had not learned the lesson that Kanan had taught him. Um, And and I'm glad that Ahsoka was there to reinforce it. You know, you have to let go of the people that you can't save. And and I, I just find it so fascinating, the idea that at the same time, you have Palpatine who's luring Ezra. And, and he's playing with, with those emotions. But thankfully, Ahsoka was there to balance it out. Yeah, definitely. And it was it was an interesting concept, kind of like I was saying with Mortis. It's an interesting concept to, to kind of add to Star Wars. And this whole idea of a world between worlds where there's these portals um, into different times yeah, is a, definitely an interesting thing to introduce into Star Wars. And I know a lot of people kind of had concern after seeing it. And they're like, well, what does this mean? Like now is there time travel? Can people like, no. just jump into different time periods? And I, I was glad that Dave clarified that. And that, although I don't feel like they clarified it very well in the show itself, mm-hmm. in just some of the like Q&A and, and interviews that he's done previous um, or after that, I think he really cleared it up and said, no, this isn't some kind of time travel device that they can just jump in and out of these portals. Like, um, it's there wouldn't even be the ability really at least the way he made it sound for Ahsoka to come back with Ezra into the time that Ezra was in now you know she right. had to go back yeah. to her time um, yeah so I like that he clarified that because that would be kind of a I could see in the wrong hands <laughs> like that being abused as a storytelling device yeah so um, it was some good clarity to have same yeah it was great to have that information and the fact that he said that Ahsoka had to go back regardless because she doesn't know who she's going to miss if she doesn't help or or who she won't help if she were to go back with Ezra so like she she belongs at a certain time and she has things to accomplish um in her time that unfortunately you know doesn't match with what Ezra and, and where Ezra's timeline is 
um oh gosh so cool i really love the idea of, of introducing something like this in there and and then it ultimately all goes away and and you get the impression that that's the end of it but i think palpatine still had a window to it because we then see him trying to lure ezra again in the series finale so yeah. do you think it was the same setup or is this something completely different I think Palpatine has, you know, through, it, it's almost like, because when they showed Palpatine in front of that, like, cauldron. Yeah. And he's, he's like, he's doing some kind of, like, Sith alchemy slash, like, almost like Night Sisters magic mm-hmm. type thing. I think he's got some knowledge that not most Force users have where he's tapping into this stuff. And he obviously had a window into this world between worlds, but he couldn't actually come in no. like Ezra could. And so he was trying to figure that out. And I think he sees Ezra as the key to figuring yes. out, figuring all of this stuff out. And so when he starts to tempt Ezra with this, you know, this vision of his parents, um, I think it's similar to what, like what we were seeing with the world between worlds, but I don't know if it was like actually another portal to that world. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I like to think that it was. And then my mom brought up a good point saying that maybe in the process of him going through, it actually lands him somewhere else, like some, like, who knows, some dungeon somewhere uh, where Palpatine can uh, do whatever uh, to, to turn him to the dark side or whatever, right. or and what I, have you. That's kind of how I interpreted it, too, that, there, that his parents weren't actually kind of there. on the other side of that. Mm. I think that was just... Palpatine um, tricking, trying to trick Ezra, and using you know some kind of a vision or some force vision or you know n- manipulating Ezra into trying to to do something like because what he like had to touch the the, the door on the door yeah which, which theori- theoretically would have opened up the portal for him to go in and be with his parents right but I think really what the Emperor was trying to do was to get Ezra to use his powers to open you know, something else, you know, to try to maybe, to yeah, him, maybe to let him into the world between worlds. Um, you know, I don't think his parents were actually there. So when he, when you can kind of hear his parents talking and, and he kind of says something to his parents. Yeah. I think that's more for Ezra to kind of have closure, but I don't think his parents actually heard him. Gotcha. Yeah. And you bring up a good point because in the Sith temple on Malachor, he, Ezra couldn't do a lot of the things that were in the temple because it either involved the Sith holocron or it involved using Sith, uh, a Sith-like mind. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it would apply the same to Palpatine. He doesn't have the mind of a Jedi. So him being able to use that door wouldn't work. And so when Ezra was able to make it glow it gave you the indication that he is able to open it while Palpatine can't. Right. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, I guess the, the previous episode was pretty cool too. A fool's hope with, uh, the wolves. I thought were the, the best part of that episode, just attacking and being on the side of Ezra and his friends. Oh yeah. You got to see some more clones. Yeah. Right? Rex the and clones. Wolf and, Gregor. They were so awesome. <laughs> and I, 
remember the audience had had were clapping at that point because it, it's so cool to see the clone troopers fight against the stormtroopers, and and them being clearly on top of their game even though they're super old. <laughs> <laughs> they're still better than a regular stormtrooper. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the whole betrayal thing with a writer Azadi that we I fell for it. <laughs> I did too. I thought, yeah, I totally fell it, for it. It was such a, a believable uh, way. Uh, the, the character made you believe it because he's he's voiced it before. You know, Kanan, you can't ask me of this. You can't ask me to join this because I don't want to end up in jail again. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I really like that. They played on that that played that card. Yeah. And I think even in the Thrawn novel, like he's mentioned as be in some of the actions he had taken were pretty underhanded. Um, I forget all the details, but it was something to do with Price and Price's family. Oh, something interesting. That he did that was kind of like me, really mean, <laughs> like to her family, which I think is part of the reason why she doesn't like him that much either. So there's definitely been some history with that character in canon that he wasn't always kind of on, on the up and up. Oh. Um, so even that, like if you had read the novel, like kind of fed into this. Um, trick you know because it definitely it tricked me too because he was one of those characters <laughs> that i was like okay he's he's helping the rebellion but it's more for his own gain and mm. so when he had the opportunity to kind of flip things on him i i bought into it yeah <laughs> uh, um but i'm glad that that turned out not to be the case <laughs> yeah and and I was Ezra's plan all along, and I really love that Ezra took the lead on on in these last three episodes. Like he was running with what he saw, but then he also he was he was doing it in a way that you know he wasn't having the Force mislead him because you know the Force visions if you don't interpret them correctly correctly, they can lead you down the wrong path. So I I love that he was you know thinking things through and not rushing into something like he used to do back in the earlier seasons. Yeah, yeah. They really put Ezra into a position um, here where he he's kind of taking the leadership role, and I think it was important for them to establish the growth of his character. Yeah, um, because when he first joins them, you know, he's just kind of like he's this kid that kind of doesn't really, you know, he's making rash decisions and bad decisions and falling for like Darth Maul's tricks and all of this stuff. And I think that he has finally grown to the point where, um, and especially with Kanan, uh, Kanan's death, that he really did have to step up. Yeah. And the rest of the characters had had all this time with him where they they were able to finally trust him and be like, no, like you, this it's kind of your show now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I liked that they, I felt really good about that character in the end um, being like, okay, he's he's reached a point where, he has become his own man and um i really would like to see kind of where he goes like i i, I hope that we haven't seen the last of this character because i think he he finally got to a point where i can be like yes i love ezra um <laughs> and now you know the show's over so yeah right <laughs> yeah i know i um it's funny because i you know that meme where everyone's like um you know i liked this before it was cool <laughs> 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 well, that was me the entire time. I was like, I liked Ezra before he was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really love how far that character has come. And uh, and it, it broke me when, when when he is there at the very end and the Purgle are about to take the ship into hyperspace. And I'm just like, 
you need to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot. Like, like, I just had to watch Kanan die. You cannot die, too. <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah, and then, you know, him saying that, you know, it's all up to you now. And, and may the for- and, you know, the force will be with you always. I'm like, no, this is not going down the path that I wanted. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then the little bits of the little hints that we get at following that, you know, of him saying, I can't wait to come home. It gave me some sense of relief. But then I still, I was still feeling like I had this huge loss because I, I went in thinking they're not going to kill Ezra, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not going to do it, and 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 I love that they found a way to get him out of the picture so that Luke's story becomes a thing, and and he can still continue and and do his story. It's just it's going to happen somewhere else, and and but it was still it still took me out of my my zone because. Uh, the five minutes that followed, I was just not paying attention at all. I, w- I felt like I was in some <laughs> sort of twilight zone. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I was kind of the same way because I, I went into the series, uh, the the last few episodes thinking like kind of expecting Kanan to die. So when it happened, it was sad, but you kind of knew it was coming, but I didn't think they were going to kill Ezra. Um, I really didn't. I really wasn't going down that path. So when he kind of steps onto the bridge with Thrawn, and the Purgles show up, and the tentacles break through the windows, and you have all this stuff, and I'm like, oh wait, they're gonna like literally have him sacrifice himself to save everyone else, kind of like what Kanan just did. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like this isn't how I want things to end for Ezra because it's Kanan's one of Kanan's big purposes. I think was to prepare Ezra and train Ezra and be a good example for Ezra. So it felt like a wasted, you know, a wasted thing if you're just going to kill Ezra, right? Right. And mm-hmm. so I was really starting to get sad about how they were ending things. I'm like, oh man, I, I like I get the whole sacrificial thing, but at the same time, like I really feel like this kind of undermines Kanan's sacrifice. Yes. Um but then, you know, you get the kind of the the final message and you start to realize, oh no, like he jumped into hyperspace but somehow survived. Um, with Thrawn and then you start to see like everything else that happens with Sabine and kind of her voiceover and you start to realize there's a future for this story you know who knows if we'll ever see it but they they definitely set it up that these characters still are around you know and Ezra's still out there and Ahsoka's now involved and and I suddenly went from being like, oh, man, I don't like how the show's ending to like, I love how <laughs> the show is ending. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the best ending ever. So true, because it was very, it was starting to feel Rogue One to me. I was just like, yeah. I'm not liking how these characters are dying one after the other. I mean, granted, they weren't all falling or anything like Sabine wasn't dying or Hera wasn't dying. But I just like, I wanted to to see Ezra, you know, with his family and, 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 and really bask in the, the, the food of their late, is that the labor of their food of their labor? The of their I labor the, yeah. Like I really wanted them to, to celebrate in the end. And, and I just, I, I was just not happy. And then, you know, you start seeing this epilogue and I'm usually not a fan of epilogues. I, I I'm not a fan of jumping, uh, you know, several years into the future because I it just it puts me in a in a weird place and I'm just like I'm not a fan. <laughs> but but the, slowly but surely they were showing us like these little small snippets of happy endings. You know, you have Callus and and and, and uh, Zeb going to Lyrasan, and I thought that was a very beautiful way to ha- you know show a character 
uh, see a character who was where he was at in season one all and see how far he's come in season four and uh and i thought he was going to die actually <laughs> i was like callus is going to die <laughs> i thought yeah i thought callus was in danger to possibly die as well but i was really happy because i'm not always a big fan of them like you know transitioning a bad guy to a good guy especially if you establish that the bad guy's really bad yeah and i yeah. felt like with callus they they did pretty you know at the very beginning he's very bad he's a bad dude um but i do i felt like they hadn't they hadn't portrayed him dark enough that he couldn't be redeemed right and so i bought into his redemption when him and and zeb had their little thing in the cave and all of that and i was like oh okay i'm really starting to like this character a lot and and by the end of it, I was just like, Callus is an awesome character. And, and every once in a while, I'm cool with them transitioning a bad guy to a good guy. Like, Zuko is another one that I was cool with. But Yeah. Um, but so like someone like Thrawn, I don't want to see that for. No. Um, oh, you know what, though? I, I, I was thinking the same thing. And then, of course, I started reading fan fiction. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can totally see Thrawn being not being friends with Ezra but tolerating Ezra to the point where they actually start working with each other you know to to survive wherever it is that they are um you know a lot of people think that yeah. they went to the chiss chiss space and it, you know there's something in the unknown regions and and whatnot and i don't know yeah, uh, whatever they're doing yeah if you cuz if you if you've read the thrawn novel um which is canon they portray Thrawn a little bit differently than the show does. I heard, um, yeah. And he's much more kind of like he's joined the Empire because there's this other threat out there. So he's more just in it to help his, his people, his, the Chiss. And mm-hmm. so the the evil things he does for the Empire all has this like greater purpose. And they try to sell you on the fact that he's not really that bad. But the the show never gives you that impression. Like he's just straight up bad. You know, I I was I was thinking about that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was thinking about that, and I, you know, there's never a point where he sh- he kills anyone. The people he that end up dying under his uh, command, uh, it happens because of other people that he works with. Constantine killed Sato, Price killed uh, Kanan. Like he's never really involved in any of the direct killing that happens. Like, uh, do you get what I what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I, I do. I do get what you're saying, but I think that you might be forgetting about um, the time where he made that guy jump on the defective speeder bike and ride it until oh, it exploded oh, and I killed forgot. him. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is pretty pretty bad. <laughs> oh, that's true. Dang it. <laughs> but I see what you're saying, but yeah, they 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 always portrayed him as very ruthless, even in his conversation with Hera at the end, where he's like, "Oh, you had a sibling that died, you know," and all this stuff, where he's really just being evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never got that impression that they were hinting at, like, "Oh, maybe he's just um kind of like more of a gray character." Gotcha. Um, at least not from the show, but if you read the novel, he definitely is uh, portrayed that way. So I can see why people have latched onto that. And think that there's a possibility mm-hmm. um, that he could be good, but um, I don't know. I, I personally hope that they don't go that direction because I feel like they do that a little too much. I see. No, that makes sense. You do see it often and across any you know all the media that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and then you also get uh, 
the Sabine Ahsoka team up, the good cop, bad cop uh, comedy that hopefully we'll get in the future. <laughs> <laughs> the, the buddy comedy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I th- yeah, I mean, the they set up a future that sounds really interesting. You know, it you is. Have, you have this Jedi that's um, kind of somewhere that you need to go find, but hopefully he's not on an island sulking. Um, <laughs> they... <laughs> I like the idea of there's this quest that Sabine and Ahsoka are going to go on to find Ezra. And I wonder what the purpose, you know, because of the time period that they're in, you know, it's post Return of the Jedi, but it's pre First Order. Yes. So it's kind of like there's not a big threat that they're going to find him to help fight, at least not that we know of. Um, So it will be very interesting to see kind of like what's the, the driving force behind them needing to go find him now. Um, because he's been missing for a little while. Right. I My impression was that whatever they're going to find him for, it's it's really just to bring him home. Like, I don't think they're anticipating another war mm-hmm. or anything. I think where Ezra's going, I think he, I think for the past four, five or six years that have, you know, slipped by, I think he's been in a different war this entire time. So whatever it is that's happening where wherever he is, I, I think uh, that's why I think they're going to go find him to bring him away from that or, or you know, uh, save him from wherever it is that he's been involved in, yeah. involved with. I don't know. That's just where my my fanfic mind has fiction. gone. No, I mean, if we, we, yeah, like if we want to talk fan fiction, <laughs> um, I like the idea of there being some connection to the First Order with this. Mm. And I don't know if we're going to get another animated series or not with these characters, but I think it would be really cool if we did. And I I wouldn't be very surprised either just because of things that have been hinted at since. And... Um, even like that trademark thing that's kind of floating around with a Star Wars Resistance, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with stuff like that. Like, if you start to put pieces together, it does make sense for them, especially if Dave Filoni's involved, that the next animated series would would involve characters that we know. Yeah, um, I would hope so. Especially if they're trying to, like, stay away from, like, they're not going to do a, a Luke's Jedi Academy animated series. Like, I just don't, I don't think, think they're going to so. touch that. We're not going to get yeah. like a young Kylo Ren. We're not going to get... They're, they're just not going to touch the movie stuff. So the best thing for them to do would be to use these established characters that already have a built-in fan base and take them into the future um, and connect them to the events of the movies. So I think it would be really cool if, you know, Ezra and Thrawn kind of, you know, the Purgles jump off into hyperspace. They go out into the outer regions. We find out what, you know, Thrawn's been afraid of from the outer regions there's some connection maybe with Snoke and the First Order because they're rebuilding the Empire out there. And like maybe Ezra kind of comes upon it and does have his own little battles and stuff out there. And then when Ahsoka and Sabine kind of find him, um, there's a connection there where they're able to kind of alert the the New Republic and Leia specifically of this, you know, growing threat. Um, and maybe, you know, Ezra has to finally sacrifice himself in the end because of that. But Don't say that Aaron <laughs> I was like well, I'm totally on board with us writing this fan fiction right now <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but it would be a good ending for that character, you know? It like, would be. It, it's just, it's just so sad. I like, I, I want him to come back to Lothal just to see Lothal. I know he's already seen the vision of it because we saw it in Legacy with his parents. But I want him to actually physically be there and see how Lothal has has changed for the better, and that it was because of him and the efforts of him and his crew. And so, yeah, I, I just need him to come back home at least for a day, Aaron. Give me that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll be able to kind of go into the world between worlds and see through a window. No, the, the... <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> Briefly, um, but no, but... I mean, I, I like, I like the idea of it, it all connecting because I do think when you have characters like Ezra and Ahsoka that are still running around the galaxy, um, you know, and, and are Jedi and are powerful. Although Ahsoka is not really a Jedi anymore, but I, I think that it does make sense for them to kind of still have some connection to the greater events that are going on, but it doesn't have to be like so connected that they show up in a movie, but still connected in a way, kind of like the way rebels was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I choose to believe that in the end, Sabine is going to find Ezra and they're going to have a Mandalorian wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You really thought this out. On the fall. And it's going to be a beautiful event. (laughs) What are are their wedding colors? Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, That's hard. I wasn't sure how far you had gotten, like, if you had a notebook with, like, No, no, I haven't picked out music or anything. You don't have the playlist. Or designed the cake. Yeah. No, I I feel like Chopper would be in charge of some of those things, and and he'd be really strict about you know getting getting that stuff done for for his for his friends. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I mean, I I like I I like Ezra and Sabine as a couple. I think I could ship that. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have said that early on. You know, you had kind of the Ezra kind of crushing on Sabine a little bit, right? And she was like, eh, not interested. But I think they've both reached a point now where there is a connection between those characters. And if it's friendship or whatever, but I I, I wouldn't be opposed to there being some sort of a quote-unquote ship um, <laughs> between those two characters. Um, they're both really cool characters now. Like, they both really grew on me. They were probably my least favorites um, at the beginning of the show. But um, they really did a good job of rounding out those characters, especially in these last season or so with the Mandalorian arc for Sabine. Yes. Um, where you got the stuff with the weapon and, and her parents and all of that stuff. I, I thought that really added a lot of depth to her character and her backstory. Um, so yeah, I, I think as I think they're great, it was a great way to show the future potential for storytelling, to have the two younger characters kind of become the focus at the end. Oh yeah, for sure. And and you know we know Ezra was that focus throughout the the earlier seasons, but I like that Sabine rose to to the top with him, and uh, I, I just can't wait to see how they'll interact in the future. Um, and I hope that we get some sort of continuation because, you know, we're getting old, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> 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 so I'm, I'm kind of scared you know i, I got i start have to start you know eating healthy now because i want to make sure that i survive you gotta to live long enough to see this stuff through <laughs> exactly yeah <so>. it <laughs> is true i was actually having this a similar uh conversation with some other star wars fans and they were kind of talking about how when they watched revenge of the sith they were like oh i've seen all of star wars like i made it 
I you made know, it. <laughs> I made it. I lived long enough to see every Star Wars movie. And back then we never, you know, just none of us never imagined what happened, you know, post Disney. And now suddenly there's all these new movies and TV shows and like everything that they've announced now. Yeah. That, that we haven't even seen yet. The new TV series that was announced, the live action TV series. Now we have this trilogy that's coming from Ryan Johnson and the other trilogy they announced. And there's probably another animated series that's coming that I haven't announced yet. <laughs> There's just so much that it is. You start to get, you start to think about it. You're like, yeah, there's gonna be Star Wars made after I die. Like, the, yeah. <laughs> like there will be Star Wars that I don't see. <laughs> exactly, and it's freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Jonah, when you die, that's when they will be like, you know what? No more animated series. No more like, animated. No, we can't. Shows. We can't do any more animated shows without Jonah. I know. That's that's my fear. I'm just like, I need to know. I need to at least just give me a, a story outline of what happened to Ezra. <laughs> Well, whatever the whatever the the next life has for us, afterlife or heaven or whatever you 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 subscribe to, they'll have Star Wars there. They'll have Star Wars. Here's hoping. (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty much it for that final half. Yeah, the the only thing else, Jason Sindula, like. Oh yeah, that's right, Jason. Oh, what were your thoughts on them using an, an expanded universe name? Um, I thought it was kind of cool just because, you know, I was I was a big fan of the legend stuff and, and there are certain characters that I know they'll never bring into canon. And um, and I think, you know, I I don't know how intentional it was. I, I think they were, they were probably they probably knew. It's not like they accidentally named him the same thing. No, yeah, they definitely um, knew. It was definitely an homage to that character. Yeah, I think it was an homage, but I don't I, I'm not reading it as like, oh, well, he's going to take a similar path as that character. Because he has the same name, I don't think that's (laughs) the case at all. I think it was just a a nice little shout-out to fans of that stuff. Like, hey, you know, we named a character Jason. Um, And that's why, like, when we were at the screening, I turned to you, and I was like, I wonder how they spell it. And you're like, who cares? (laughs) I was like, it matters. (laughs) It matters. (laughs) You know, it's funny because, I honestly, I don't have a connection to that character or any of those stories. So when I heard that, I thought... They should have called him Caleb. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> that's, you know, that's the thing that you would normally do. You know, you have someone you, you loved and you want to pass that name on to, to, you know, your legacy. And it's just, ah, it just frustrates me that it's not Caleb. Um, or at least Caleb Jason Sindula. Like, at least do that. <laughs> Jason uh, Caleb, and- JC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah i got i wish they could have gone with something like that but you know it is what it is and yeah uh, it, it was a nice little shout out um yeah and i think i think caleb for me i don't i've always thought it was weird if you name somebody the same name as as their father yeah, I yeah that I get because my dad's name is John and my brother's name is John and my yeah my brother's name is John and my name is John Marie so it's like there was just no no creativity. Did I say weird? I didn't say that. I, I take it back. It's cool. It's really cool. <laughs> no, I agree. It's weird. <laughs> but I think like just the fact that she she had a child um, with Kanan, like I think that's a big enough like remembrance of him and to allow this character to have his own identity. I see. Um, and to name, I, that's how I would think about it. Like as a, a parent, like, you know, but then you're giving him the name of an expanded universe character. Well, but, so but Hera didn't kinda... know that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Hera's not uh, reading like a legends novel. Like, Oh, I'll name him Jason. No, I mean, that was <laughs> a production decision, but, um, 
Yeah. For, if yeah. we're thinking this 100% in universe. In universe, I um, see. Which I like to <laughs> mostly think that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. I like to get lost in the story. But yeah, I, I think. She got it's... it from a romance novel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they should have shown her, like, actually having this book that she's reading, like. Um, Throughout the series. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh, she got that from that. But yeah, yeah I. I, I, the thing that kind of stuck out to me about the character, other than just being completely surprised that he existed, I just didn't think that they were going to go there, um, is that he didn't look like Twi'lek at all. Right. And that kind of Because that's a me. human. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, usually if you mix, um, you know, like my, my kids are half American or half white and half Filipino. Mm-hmm. So they look. They don't look white. They don't look Filipino. They look half. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I see what you mean. So I kind of expected that um, that there would be some feature or something that would kind of be like, oh, okay, he's he has Twi'lek in him as well. But they went all That's, human. Yeah, they went all human. I, mean, I it's somehow like the uh, like Sue and Cut Quain's kids. Although Cut is is not the biological father, but it look. I think apparently Sue's kids are also half breeds so yeah uh they came out more twi'lek like the mom side um i don't know i always thought you know it it depends on the dominant genes and i'm not gonna go into biology (laughs) (laughs) explain to me how this works um Um, but even if he had like green skin or something i don't know like something that would he did he did have greenish and his the tip of his ears were green Okay. And yeah, but the the green hair was a bit was a bit weird because I I completely understand if he came out human and had the coloration of of Hera, of Hera mm-hmm. but the the hair is kind of a bit too much. And someone said, "Oh, it could be Sabine having colored his hair." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll go with that." I thought that but... too. That's actually the first thing I thought. I was like, "Oh, Sabine oh, dyed okay. his hair." Like, I didn't think that was the natural hair color. Yeah, I hope not because it's it's just a bit too odd. Yeah. Um, I, I can I can take it being take him being human because his dad is human, so maybe he just took more of those traits. Right. Um, but but he definitely had coloration green on his ears, and uh, and maybe on the back of his neck as well. But I don't I don't remember. I think Twi like males have like pointy ears, and Twi like females have cone ears, right? Yeah. Um. So it would have been interesting if he had like um maybe even like a point to his ears or something oh, i don't know that would have been so cool just a little hint like there there just wasn't enough like if you just saw him and didn't know who his parents were you just be like oh there's a human like i i would have liked some hint at him being uh, a mix but yeah that that would have been a very cool feature to add but yeah that's that's super nitpicky at this point <laughs> <laughs> i was just happy he existed i'm like cuz i really like the idea of her um having a child uh, to care, kind of carry on that memory of Kanan. Yeah. And I kind of had fanfic that in my head already. <laughs> and so when they actually popped up on screen, I was like, whoa, like I did not think that was going to come true. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I, I'm glad that they decided to do that. And that, you know, she had a baby and was at war all at the same time. I mean, the woman is unstoppable. I was thinking about it as I was watching Freemaker Adventure stuff um, to bring it back to Freemaker yes. Adventures. Is like we see her a number of times in Freemaker Adventures post um, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, right? Or no, yeah, no, leading know. up to Return of the Jedi. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, Empire Strikes Back. Right. So, but it's post. Um, it's post Yavin. Yeah. Which we so at this point she would have already 
had had him. Caleb, yeah. Or not Caleb. <laughs> Look, you have me calling him Caleb now. Um, <laughs> she would have already had Jason. So yeah, I'm thinking about this as like Rowan's walking up to her and like General Sindula and and you're like, oh yeah, somebody's babysitting her kid right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, and what I really oh excuse me. What I really liked about um thinking back to those episodes because the way she approached Rowan was very motherly. And and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I, I know that they're doing that because Rowan's a kid, but it could also, you can also interpret it as, well, she just, you know, she also has a, a child of her own, a, a boy that is not Rowan's age, but is, you know, close. Is, is not too far close. away. Yeah. Because Rowan was supposed to be nine. Um, at, at the time of uh, Only Hope? Uh, no, like when, or or the, during the series. During the series and Freemaker Adventures, leading up to so he, it, Freemaker Adventures ended at Return of the Jedi. Right, right. So he was twelve and a half. Oh, twelve. Okay, so so he was twelve, and then and a um, half. Twelve. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I, I give him credit for that. Still has the short legs though. Um, so he was twelve and a half, and then we would assume uh, Jason would have been what five. Maybe yeah, five or yeah, six. Yeah, five-ish. Okay, yeah. yeah. So de- definitely a difference in age. But, you know, you're talking about, you know, once they reach adulthood, like in their 20s and 30s, they'd be like right in the same age range. So yeah, um, would be cool. They'd be besties. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> you know, it would be cool to see where those two ended up. Uh, Jedi Academy, but maybe not. No, not. no. Oh, do you think he's Force-sensitive? Do you think Jason's Force-sensitive? Um. I'd like to think he is. I, I wouldn't okay. be like, you know, I, I, I'm not of the mindset that he has to be, but mm-hmm. I definitely think that it would be cool if he was. I, I just like the idea of there being um, some more notable Jedi or Force-sensitive characters at this time. Gotcha. we really don't know. We haven't heard a lot about, you know, any Force-sensitive characters outside of Luke and Leia post-Return of the Jedi. That's um, true. Until Rey and Kylo kind of come around. So... We know there were more out there. We know Luke established an academy. So it's kind of cool to think, okay, we know Rowan, although he's not canon, but he should be. Um, we know Rowan is out there and it's still mm-hmm. alive post-Return of the Jedi. And we know now Jason exists. Uh, we know Ezra's out there. We know Ahsoka. Ahsoka's out there. So like, I like the idea of there being a decent amount of these these guys kind of running around the galaxy. <laughs> so I sure, really want, I want them Jason all to, to team up like a Power Rangers sort of group. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's like a non-canon like comic or something they do where it's just for fun. Yeah. To have them all kind of like team up in some adventure. Yeah, that would be fun. (laughs) But I guess that's about it for the series. And I'm sad to see it go. But I'm really happy with how it ended. Yes. Yep. Very awesome. And it gave us an excuse to jump back on and have another episode of Star Scavengers. So we we got to talk about some more Lego sets, Freemaker Adventures DVD, and now some rebels. So now we'll just have to figure out what the next excuse is to have another episode, not too far <laughs> out into the future. Well, here's hoping they come out with another Lego series. It'd be it'd be fun for them to keep up the Lego Star Wars on the animated side of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, are you ready to wrap it up today? I am. All right, so you guys can find us on iTunes. Uh, if you check us out over on iTunes, you can find our episodes there. You can also leave us a review. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash starscavengers, Twitter at starscavengers. You can shoot us an email, starscavengers at gmail.com. And you can still find our episodes at uh, www.starscavengers.com. 
Can you say Star Scavengers three times fast? <laughs> star Scavengers, Star Scavengers, Star Scavengers. Nice! Okay, I, I'm not going to attempt it. <laughs> and until next time, be a builder and may the force be with you.